A reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 1, beginning in the first verse. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we're starting in this Sunday and over the next 11 weeks after this in the book of Galatians. Um, And this is a series that three weeks ago we weren't going to be doing. Three weeks ago we were going to be following my plan from back in February to recast our vision and values. So as it looked like we were going to be coming out of COVID back in February and March, I could you know, sense the Lord just kind of leading me to, in the summer, we were going to do the Sermon on the Mount, and then in the fall, I was going to recast vision for our church, because we're approaching our 10-year anniversary. The first Sunday in November is our 10th year as a church, and so I wanted to kind of, um, well, I was not able to get there mentally, spiritually. Um, I don't know if it's COVID fog or mental fog, um, but in the midst of this summer, just trying to wrestle with where is God leading us, I, I sensed in myself, but also a lot of other pastors too, and a lot of people, just a lot of uncertainty. Um, and that's where in my own heart and mind, I, th- I thought, you know, what I do at that point is I go back to the basics. And there's stuff that I know that I can stand on no matter what. And it's the basics of the gospel. And I've never preached, we've never preached through Galatians. So over the next 12 weeks, we're going to be looking at Galatians being gospel-driven people and a gospel-driven church. It's part of our basic vision and values, actually. It's, what, it's our first vision and value. If you go look on our membership covenant or on our website, we talk about being a church that is driven by the grace-filled gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the core good news of what God has done for us, allowing that gospel of Jesus Christ to define our identity and our worldview. So what God did in Jesus tells me who I am and how I'm supposed to look at this world. Nothing else does. And that our goal as a church and as individuals is to grow in our knowledge of God, our maturity in Christ. We are being formed into the image of Christ and our reliance on the Holy Spirit. As you grow in faith, you should rely more on the Holy Spirit, not less. And then it's appropriating God's grace through Jesus Christ every single day. So the grace of God is not something we start in on and then are done with because we've become so mature. It's something that actually the more mature you become in your faith, the more you rely on the grace of God every day. And so we increase our dependence on Christ and our humility with one another. And those things should mark us and our church. And so we're looking at Galatians, which is Paul's, um, it was actually Paul's earliest letter and it's considered to be one of the earliest books of the Bible. And in here, he gets very serious very fast. In fact, he might even say he gets angry at some points because he's so disappointed in the Galatian church that he's planted. And it's all built around the gospel. It's all built around their response to or abandonment of the gospel. His worry, his warning is, you guys have forgotten the gospel. You started so well, what happened? And they're not applying the gospel deeper into their hearts and then out into their lives. They're not applying the gospel to their worldview, their identity, their interactions, and their faith. So 
Quickly this morning, I'm going to just walk us through Paul's definition of the gospel in verse 3 and 4, and that's going to get us a start. And then we're going to hear um, from Freddie to share with, uh, about his own life in the gospel. So Paul starts, and I'm going to reread these verses. This is really a description of the gospel. You want to know Paul's gospel in Galatians? Here it is. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. So if you can stick with me for like five minutes, we're just going to break through this really quickly. The first thing Paul says is grace and peace, which on one level is a greeting, but it was a uniquely Christian greeting in the way that Paul ended up using it in most of his letters. And he's highlighting two main facets of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. He's saying peace which basically means it was a Hebrew understanding of wholeness, completion, harmony, everything in your life and in the world as it was meant to be. In Genesis 1 and 2, that was the state of the world. Shalom, peace, harmony with God, with creation, with one another. But then sin entered in and broke that peace, right? And the, the end, Revelation, is a restoration of that peace when God reigns on this earth and there is peace. But what, what Paul is saying is the gospel affords us peace already. Reconciliation with God, which means we can therefore be reconciled with others and with ourselves. And then he, call, he talks about grace, this other introductory word, which if you've heard any sermons on it, it's grace is things you don't deserve or earn, right? You get paid for your work, but you don't get paid for your bad things that you do. But grace is giving you love and mercy that you don't deserve. That's the story of Jesus Christ. You don't earn it, you can't. And as Christians in a church like this, we talk about it all the time. We say, yes, grace, grace, grace. We're saved by grace, but we don't apply it in our lives. We don't live as if we're dependent on it. I don't think we really get the depth of it. And that's something I want us to keep plumbing this fall is the depth of God's grace and mercy and love for us. And we see it in this ne the next phrasing in verse 4 where he talks about Jesus Christ gave himself. He gave himself. That's the basics of the gospel. Christmas is God gave himself by becoming a human being and entering our, our life. And then Good Friday and Easter is about his death for us. He gave himself, his body, his life for us. He died for our sins. You don't pay for your own sins. You don't make it up to God. You trust that Jesus died for your sins. He gave himself for our sins on the cross. And that basics of the gospel is God's self-giving love for us in Jesus Christ. And that's the basics, again, of the gospel. God loves you. God loves you. And he wants to forgive you. The end. It's not something you do. You don't get halfway there. He gave himself to deliver us. And that's the description of who Jesus is. He is our rescuer, our deliverer, our redeemer, our savior. Why do you need a savior? Why do you need a deliverer? You need a deliverer if you're drowning, right? And that's also what Paul says is at the root of the gospel, is that you're drowning. You may not feel that way. Maybe your life's going fine. But separated from God, you will always be 
not at peace with him in your own heart and in eternity. But he has come to rescue us from our sin and the present evil age. The world we live in is fallen and broken. The Bible describes it that way. As sin entered in in Genesis 3, the peace with God was broken. We live in a fallen and broken world, and we know that. But on top of that, we are fallen and broken people. We are sinful to forgive us of our sins. There's not a person on earth that is okay before God. And the difference between Christianity and every other religion that says people are all messed up too is Christianity says there's literally no difference between me and you. I cannot, as a pastor, think I am any better than you. The gospel doesn't allow it. It says we are equally sinners. From those that we call saints and amazing people to horrible people, we are all separated from God. If I'm letting the gospel sink in, I cannot look at somebody else and say, no, my life's better than his. Now, maybe my life has fewer consequences in this kind of day and age, but before God, we're both sinners. We both need Jesus equally, fully, completely. And that's why it's always humbling when you get the gospel. If somebody is arrogant and self-righteous, they don't get the gospel. They might claim to be a Christian, but they don't get it. We all live apart from God by our nature. Our desires are bent. Even the things we want in life are bent towards us and away from God. And that's what sin is. Sin is not just doing bad stuff. Look, you've all done bad stuff. We've all done bad stuff. It's not just doing bad stuff. It's living without regard for God. Not letting God have the say on what my life is about. I'm Lord of my life. We don't say that, but we live that way. That's the definition of sin. It's living apart from God or Anytime you are making choices in which you are making a choice apart from God's design for you and me. Because God loves us. He made us. He designed us. And each one of us, regardless of our gifting or strength or experiences, is a unique instrument that God has designed for his symphonic masterpiece. You do not, you do not live into the fullness of who you are by figuring out what you want to do with that instrument. You do it by learning how to play it from the master and playing in his, his composed masterpiece of this world in your life. And so, we live now, we live now on the other side, if our faith is in Christ, on the other side of sin and darkness. We've been delivered from that. So this is two things. One, it is an objective fact that you and I have been delivered from darkness. If your faith is in Christ, you are no longer dominated by Satan, sin, or the world. You do not need to be. In God's eyes, you are already set free. Now, not yet do we live that way fully, and that's why we apply the gospel each and every day, to recognize that Satan doesn't have power over us. We do not need to be enslaved to our sin. We do not need to fear death. All of this was not God's plan B, it was God's plan A, according to the will of God the Father. God's plan from before time was to demonstrate the fullness of his love in sending his son to die for our sins so that by grace we can be saved. That's the gospel, plain and simple. So how do we make that gospel reality in our life? Jesus says, repent and believe. John the Baptist, repent and believe. Turn from your sin, acknowledge that you're drowning, And put your trust in Jesus very simply and follow him, desire to follow him. And then apply that gospel continuously every day. What does it look like in experience? 
How do we, how, what does it actually look like for somebody to kind of put their trust in Christ, to let the gospel sink in? Well, I'm glad you asked. So we're going to hear from Freddie Villanueva. So Freddie, come on over here. Um, so Freddie, um, you uh, born, grew up in the States here, but um, maybe you didn't always believe in God the way you do now. Tell us a little bit about kind of growing up and where your understanding of God was as a, as a kid maybe or something. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> definitely. Uh, when I was growing up, I grew up to majorly a Catholic family, and they had it. They believed in God, but didn't have that relationship with Him. So occasionally, maybe once or twice uh, a month, we would go to church. Um, and I remember at the time we would go. I was miserable there. <laughs> I hated it. I hated. Everything about church. I hated the music. I hated the when they would read the um, the verses in the Bible. I would hate all of it, and I was not wanting to be there. I felt out of place in a way. And I remember um, that because I have a little brother too, and he felt the exact same <laughs> way. So we influenced, oh, in a way to our parents to stop going to church. And so we stopped going to church completely. And I think at that point, it was the lowest point in my life. Because um, I had completely disconnected myself in every way with God. And so I was alone at that time. I didn't have anyone. I didn't have God. I didn't, have, I didn't really have friends at the time either. And I had problems with my family, too. So I felt so alone and so distant from everything. And so because of that, I got into things that I didn't want to do. I got into friendships and friend groups that weren't I knew wasn't good for me. And I remember being in a friend group where they would do the worst things you can imagine. And I sticked with them because... I had nothing else. And I remember I would do all these horrible things, but I at least had the conscience to, to see that what I was doing, I wasn't enjoying. And I wasn't, like, happy. Until one day, um, I sat down with myself, and I looked at myself, and I thought hard about what is happening in my life. And I made the, the decision to step away from all of those bad things that I was doing. I lost lots of friends, and I got very distant from everything, again. But this time I felt different. It wasn't, um, I wasn't completely lonely, because I, I still had at least someone. I had my little brother at the time. And, but I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied with myself. I wasn't completely happy with myself. And then that's when COVID hit. And um, when COVID hit, I remember it was almost normal to me because I would stay at home like the whole day. So it was nothing new to me. Um, and like Jorge was explaining, um, CCV with James Madison High School, they were working together to give um, gift cards to families that needed uh, help with, with food. And I remember I would go with my mom um, 
to get gift cards. And I don't know, I think some of you guys know who Kote is. Um, she was very close with my mom, so they would stick around and they would have conversations for a whole hour sometimes. And most of the time I would just go home, but there was this one day where I stayed and I was hearing their conversations. And then there was this other person giving out gift cards. I think you guys might know him, he's sitting right, <laughs> right there. <laughs> so I remember Jorge being there and he came up to me and we were having a conversation just of, in general about uh, the pandemic and everything. And out of nowhere, he popped up with the idea of me coming to this camp that, um, that CCV was doing for Hispanics. And I remember him telling me that and I was like, yeah, I'll see if I go. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> so I remember that as soon as we uh, ended that conversation, since I live right next to Madison, I just jump a, like a quick fence and then I'm home. And I remember I was about to jump the fence when I hear someone, call, I hear someone coming and it's him again. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that he came up to me again and he was saying, you sh definitely should come, you should come. Like, this could be really helpful for you. And again, I gave him the same answer, but he insisted. And since he knew that he wasn't getting any, anywhere with me, he decided to go to the next person, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he insisted with my mom to just keep insisting, for her to insist for me to go. And that's exactly what she did. So for a whole week, she was just, oh, you should go, you should go, you should go, you should go, you should go. Until one day I was like, okay, all right, all right, I'm going, I give up. Um, I wasn't very excited about it, obviously. And I remember going, and I remember the first day I was, I felt misplaced. I felt out of place, out of everyone. Because there were people there that were already Christians. Some of them were way more mature in the faith than I ever was. But the, the great thing about the camp was that everyone that was there took me in and everybody was so lovely and, and caring and, and let me be a part of, of the camp. And I remember, and, and obviously that helped a lot. And I remember by the end of the camp, I was happy, I was excited, I was enjoying myself in the camp, where I was like enjoying singing songs, uh, enjoying all the, the lessons that were being taught. And I think that camp sparked, was the, the spark that was changing my life. Because for the first time in a very long time, I was happy, I was excited, I was proud of myself for, doing, for coming out there and doing something that obviously I don't like at the time. Um, and then that's when Jorge came and he had a conversation with me and he said, Freddie, you should come to the to Vida Abundante, the Tuesday meetings. And I remember I couldn't say no, even if I wanted to. <laughs> um, but this time I said, yes, I'll go. Because I was excited to go. I was, I was happy with being a part of all of this. 
and I would go to the Tuesday groups, and the same thing with the camp. They were all they all took me in with loving arms, and they were all welcoming and were all lovely people. And I was really enjoying myself. My life was starting to change. It was starting to turn. And then there was one day, this one day, where me and Jorge were out. We were we bought coffee and we were having a conversation. Um, and I remember being in the car with him. And then all of a sudden, I just I I feel it. I feel the presence of God inside of me. And at that moment, it hit me. This is it. This is it. This is the moment where everything changes. I'm ready for it. And I remember telling Jorge, hey, Jorge, I need to talk to you about this. It's been bugging in my head for a few days now. I want to follow God. I want him to take control of my life. I want, his to, I want him to take my life and do what he wants to do with it. And I remember seeing his face when I said that. It's a face I'll never forget. His face was completely lit up. It was, it was, it was incredible. And at that moment, I was like, yeah, there's no mistake about it. This is it. Hmm. And then we did the, we did the prayer. Um, and then after that, after that day, everything changed completely. <laughs> I had never been so happy and so proud of myself in my entire life. And I would go to every, and then everything changed. I would go to every, every activity that uh, Vida Abundante and CCV would have, all the way up to now where I'm, well, I already did the training for, to become a, a uh, a leader for, for one of the leaders for Vida Abundante. And I think the, the crazy thing about all of this was that this was all God's work. God did all of this. This didn't come from me. This came from him. Because you would never expect someone like me who hates church to be out here right now <laughs> saying my testimony. Crazy, right? So this is just proof that God loves all of you. Hmm. And he's here always. And he's here to work with you. He's, work, he's trying to work in, with you, trying to have that relationship with you. And now I am so fortunate to be a vessel. I am now an example of his work, of his grace, of his love. And I'm so happy because of that. Freddie, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs>